You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A lot to talk about. A big new indictment from John Durham, a positive development for the rule of law. I'll talk about that. Plus new FDA documents that will shock the conscience of any normal person showing the organ and fetal head trafficking of unborn aborted human beings. Incredible, terrible stuff. Plus Judicial Watch fighting for the full truth about the killing of Ashley Babbitt. Delays, uh, we're battling delays in federal court. Plus we were in Delaware Supreme Court for Biden records, a big battle there. So I'll talk to you about that as well. First up, though, is something that Judicial Watch is taking the lead on, which is exposing the truth behind the worst government corruption scandal in American history uh, in terms of political criminality. That is the targeting of candidate Trump and then President Trump and uh, people around him. And John Durham, the special counsel who became he was essentially, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a regular prosecutor looking at this and just before he left. Attorney General Barr made him a special counsel. Uh, he finally indicted someone else. And this someone else is a big deal. It's Michael Sussman, who is a lawyer or had been a lawyer for the law firm of Perkins Coy, who, uh, and that's the firm behind the dossier. And it's also the go-to firm for the Democratic Party. So Sussman was the lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, the lawyer for the Democratic Party, namely the Department of, uh, excuse me, the Democratic National Committee. And he had a special meeting uh, shortly before the election in 2016 with the general counsel of the FBI, uh, General Counsel Baker, who uh, in, in which they discussed targeting Trump. And specifically, he alleged in this meeting and gave him documentation, according to the indictment that was just issued this week by the grand jury or returned this week by the grand jury at the request of Durham. Uh, he was behind the idea that uh, this this Russian bank had communications, improper communications or relationships, or there was some sort of um, internet communication that raised questions with the Trump organization. And you may recall the media ran with that. Alpha Bank, Russian Bank, and the Trump people have been connected. Well, he was indicted. Sussman was not for lying about that specifically, but for lying about the reason he was there, because allegedly he told Baker he was there just as a citizen, just conveying information he thought the FBI should pursue. He withheld from Baker, according to the indictment, that um, he was there on behalf of Hillary Clinton, the Clinton campaign, Democratic National Committee, etc. So he lied about the reason and the purpose of the meeting. And when you lie to the FBI, it's a crime. That's why, you know, don't talk to the FBI unless you have a lawyer present and the lawyer advises you completely of what the, uh, your rights are even then. Uh, so he's meeting with this lawyer. First of all, the meeting should, let me be clear here. Let's take a step back. This meeting should never have taken place. You know, Sussman is a DOJ. Um, he he had, used to work at the Department of Justice. So he knows everybody and he gets to get into meetings like this to shop garbage like this. And what the indict, and I encourage you to review the indictment. Uh, it's available widely online and read it yourself. And what's interesting about it is that there's, you know, the one charge really about making a false, uh, you know, making the false statement uh, 
but there are two dozen pages describing an illicit conspiracy targeting Donald Trump. They all knew that there was no there there when it came to the allegation that the Russian bank had a connection to the Trump organization through these internet connections that they were pretending were happening. They said it was a red herring. In fact, it turned out there was nothing. The FBI figured it out rather quickly. And they knew that going in. And in fact, there's email communications detailed in the indictment showing that they were um, discussing how to make the document they were going to give the general counsel of the FBI plausible on its face so that at least initially someone could say, oh, there's something here, even though they all knew that in essence it was a hoax. And the indictment lays out how the Clinton campaign colluded on this, how Fusion GPS colluded on this. It looks like Hillary's other lawyer colluded on this. So the question is, is this going to be the last gasp of Durham or the beginning of something more by Durham? I don't know the answer to that. It would be a seemingly unusual for me, uh, unusual to me, to have all that material about what looks to be other criminal activity that isn't charged here and just leave it there for no future action. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to call it like I see it. I, you know, if I were Sussman's defense attorney, I would say, look, you know, everyone knew he worked for the DNC. Everyone knows this firm worked for Hillary Clinton. So no lawyer worth his salt would have understood that Sussman was there for anything other than to advance Hillary Clinton's political agenda. So that's what I would be saying to a jury. But, you know, the allegations are what they are, that Baker thought he didn't understand it to be for Hillary Clinton. And so as a result, um, Durham says, the FBI handled the allegations differently than they might have otherwise handled them. It's, you know, it's obstruction of justice largely, you know, and it makes common sense. If you go to the FBI, and this is the bigger issue, is they had information that um, they knew, they knew or had likely reason to know was not accurate. And they pretended otherwise to the FBI and said they should seriously investigate it without telling them the political angle there. So that's going to be interesting. But as I said earlier, but, but, you know, but as I've been saying that the other issue is the FBI and the Justice Department's culpability here, which is kind of related to this, because the FBI had already been working with Christopher Steele who was one of the people who was involved in trying to figure out what was going on here in terms of manufacturing this, uh, these allegations against President Trump or then candidate Trump. Judicial Watch uncovered, Judicial Watch uncovered that Christopher Steele was being paid by the FBI at the same time they were being paid, he was being paid by the Clinton campaign. It was a joint operation. And then later, even after they fired Christopher Steele as a source, they still gave him information. And the FBI told Christopher Steele, even though he was a leaker, they knew he was a leaker and they knew he was an agent of the Clinton campaign, that they were investigating Trump. And of course, that was leaked. The other interesting thing here is this is, um, you know, some folks have complained, well, he's a small fish. Sussman is not a small fish. Sussman is a big fish in a small pound, in a small pond of co-conspirators who were targeting Trump including Hillary Clinton, I would allege. Because when you see the Twitter feed of Hillary Clinton around that time, people have noted, she was pushing this angle on Alpha Bank that everyone knew was a fraud and everyone around her knew was a fraud. So um, 
I don't know what Durham's going to do, but I, the conclusion one can draw from this is, according to the United States government, of which Durham is the representative, they've been doing this investigation forever and a day, they have found that the effort to tie Trump to Russia included false information knowingly given to the FBI under false pretenses, and it was cr criminal in nature. It was criminal in nature. As I've said it, I've said it once and I'll say it again, President Trump is a crime victim. And this indictment proves it. Is Durham going to do more? I don't know. He should. He should question Hillary Clinton before a grand jury. He should question Joe Biden, dare I say it, before a grand jury. And of course, the head of the grand conspiracy, Barack Obama. So good news. I've been critical of John Durham. I didn't see any evidence of an investigation. But now I have evidence of an investigation, finally through an indictment. He was targeting and criminally investigating the Clinton campaign. And the Clinton's campaign top lawyer, one of two top lawyers, is now under federal indictment as part of his scheme in league with the Clinton campaign to lie to the FBI and smear Donald Trump. And of course, the indictment also highlights how they were placing this material in the media. It looks like Sussman also went to the CIA. This is where the corruption is, in addition to whatever these folks were doing, is that they had allies and co-conspirators in the deep state. Why on earth would the CIA getting it be getting involved or talking to a political candidate's lawyer? But it shows you that it doesn't matter because it's Trump, they'll do whatever. And I'll just raise quickly here the issue of General Milley, where you have this uh, Woodward story, Woodward book coming out, um, that says that Milley called the Chinese and, and to quite supposedly reassure them, promised to give them a heads up if there was going to be an attack by the United States. A treacherous and dangerous thing. I mean, besides the treachery of it, you're, you could have incentivized at that time, and thank God the Chinese didn't do anything, at least we know about, the Chinese to take a rash act because they thought they might have some time to get, you know, some time to protect themselves because they get a heads up from Millie. I mean, that's the definition of, of mutiny, of treachery. I don't know how else to describe it. And of course, Joe Biden protects and defends Milley and, and says he has full confidence. So he supports the sedition and treachery targeting the office of the presidency. But because it's Trump, the rule of law doesn't mean anything. The Constitution doesn't apply and uh, anything goes. And because, and because uh, they said it was only about Trump, we were, we were supposed to believe, oh, don't worry, it won't be anything worse than what they did to Trump. You know, it was only about Trump. It's not about us. And of course it's about us. Of course it's about us. Because now they're targeting through this 1-6 investigation, all Americans, you have this uh, vaccine mandate, which is abusive of our rights as well social media monitoring, censorship, it's all about us. They're calling out the National Guard, making a scene about calling out the National Guard because there's gonna be a First Amendment protected protest in town here in Washington, DC. So what is Judicial Watch doing about it? 
as usual, we're already on the talk on, on, on it. With respect to Sussman and the meeting with Baker, we sued in 2018. They didn't even want to confirm whether the meeting existed or not. It's taking place one way or another. We had a federal court say, no, you have to proceed. They still fought us on releasing documents, and we've been getting documents. My understanding is the documents have been mostly redacted. They don't really show us anything substantive because the only thing the FBI and Justice Department has been willing to do is confirm the meeting took place, but have refused to turn over much of anything in substance. So we've already been in court, and now we know why they hid the material, because it would have shown the lies and their collusion with the Clinton campaign here. Uh, um, Milley, you know, he had that phone call with Pelosi, which was also seditionist by a part of both Pelosi and Milley, talking about the nuclear codes and Milley undermining his own chain of authority by answering to uh, the Speaker of the House, who isn't part of the chain of authority. Really outrageous treachery, in my view, sedition, I would say. And so uh, we've sued for those records. Everyone wants to know what's going on. What, where's that phone call material? We want it. Woodward supposedly had something denoting what happened in the call. We're in court for it, and we're supposed to get the documents soon, within the next few weeks. So we'll see what we get, and we'll see what they withhold. So good news about the Durham investigation. He needs to do more, better late than never. And remember, Trump is a crime victim. And he frankly continues to be victimized because you kind of see this in New York with the targeting of his organization through petty and vindictive charges. Man, I get I get ticked about this stuff, you know. I, I don't, you know, it's not just a game for me. It's not just a game for my colleagues at Judicial Watch. You, I know you get upset about it, and I get upset about it. And it's not because, oh, you know, uh, I support a policy of one politician versus the other. It's the rule of law and the gainsmanship. You know, that's why even if someone, you know, these days, um, you know, I'm even I'm willing to give Sussman the benefit of the doubt because I don't trust the Justice Department and the FBI. What I do want, though, is our serious investigations and the process that works. And if people get prosecuted one way or another, that's, you know, I can I can live with that. Right. Now, I think there ought to be more. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should get a pass because I don't believe that, especially in the case of Obamagate. But in the least, there needs to be a serious investigation. And and the indictment is good. But what is as important is that there was an investigation. So that's that. And uh, no matter what Durham says or does, Judicial Watch is continuing to be in court on the very issues that Durham's investigating. So, you know, I hope Durham does some more work, but we'll see what happens. Um, well, actually, as I said, I think, I hope Durham does some more work. Well, well, you know, we'll see what happens with Durham, but, you know, Judicial Watch isn't going to stop its investigations. We don't think Durham uh, should be the end-all and be-all, certainly. Heck, you know, much of what's in the Durham report, Judicial Watch has already uncovered. So we're just going to keep on with the heavy lifting. So I hope Durham does more, but we're not going to rely on Durham in the end.
You can be sure of that. So next up is, um, you know, something that's really not safe for children to hear about because it's just so awful. It's more documents from a lawsuit that we had filed against uh, the HHS, FDA, showing uh, purchases of fetal organs, heads, and tissue for a humanized mice project or investigations. The records are part of a series of records we've been getting over the last year or so. Uh, showing that the Food and Drug Administration uh, was engaged in the trafficking of human tissue, fetal organs of uh, babies killed through abortion. So this wasn't; these weren't miscarriages, and they, you know, they got the permission from the family to use the remains of the unborn human being. This is this is material obtained through abortions, elective abortions. Uh, through a company called Advanced Bio Research, which evidently, according to the documents, was the only company uh, that engaged in this um, grotesque operation. And the documents show that, uh, as I said, they were using them for humanized mice research. So we've been fighting for these records in court. The FDA didn't want to turn over some of the details, as you might imagine. So the court said, you have to turn over some of the details including they wanted to hold, hold from us the line item prices or price per organ the government paid to the company. And the court said, no, that's not, you can't do that. And the court also found, by the way, there's reason to question whether their transactions violated federal law, uh, uh, federal law barring the sale of fetal organs. So, you, you know, you the law, in my understanding of the law, is that it allows for the transfer of fetal organs for research, however barbaric it may be personally to me, as long as there's not a profit made, more or less. And that's not, it's pretty clear that's what was going on here. These were just ordinary commercial transactions, which seem to be barred by law. I mean, documents previously disclosed here, you may recall, this is the main same material that we found uh, where the requirement was that the fetal organs be produced fresh and never frozen, and they were being shipped on dry ice. Well, these documents are, are similarly bad. Uh, the FDA generated a contract with ABR based on a requisition it issued in July 2012 for $12,000 worth of tissue procurement for humanized mice. It indicates the requisition was a non-competitive award, meaning ABR was probably the only ones they could get to do it. And the justification says uh, the scientists within the FDA and in the larger field of humanized mouse research have searched extensively over the past several years, and ABR is the only company in the U.S. capable of supplying tissues suitable for humanized mice research. No other company or organization is capable of fulfilling the need. Costs are estimated for the fetal parts at $230 per tissue times two tissues per shipment equals $460 plus $95 shipping for a total of $555 per shipment. You know, they started paying for the livers and thymuses at, is it thymuses or thymi? I'm not sure. 
but there was a set, a liver thymus set, $580. And then it was bumped up to $685. And this is the worst part of it. There's a January 1st, 2013 fees for services schedule provided by ABR to the FDA and includes, and it, uh, the document reads as follows, fetal cadaverous procurement service fee, second trimester DNA dilation and, ex- and evacuation abortion, 13 to 24 weeks. So as much as six weeks, uh, six months gestation per specimen, $275. First trimester aspiration abortion per specimen, $515. Intact, intact calvarium, which is the skull, that's the baby's head. Eight to 24 weeks per specimen, $515. So they were trafficking in the heads of unboard, unboarded human, uh, excuse me, unborn human beings killed through abortion. See, this is, this is the side of the abortion industry you won't hear the media talk about when they talk about the heartbeat bill in Texas or protecting babies based on their ability to feel, feel pain, unborn babies based on their ability to feel pain in Mississippi. They traffic in the organs of the babies that are killed through abortion. Organs. So this isn't a clump of sales. These are organs. your tax dollars. You know, and there's special processing preservation requirements, cleaning, snap freezing, and dry ice. They set, they set this material, they sent, they sent this material on dry ice. So it just goes on and on like this. This is a statement of me. This is the basis for the reason. This is the reason for the material they were taking, the human beings they were chopping up. The humanized mice are created by surgical implantations of human tissue into mice that have multiple genetic mutations that block the development of the mouse immune system at a very early stage. The absence of the mouse immune system allows human tissues to grow and develop into functional human beings. In order for the humanized mice to proceed correctly, we need to obtain fetal tissue with a specific set of specialized characteristics. And so, um, you know, the records detail, and you know, it, it's the banality of evil, as has been said before. And the documents also detail the government requirements for handling this. And, you know, as I said in our release, chopping up aborted human beings for their organs and tissue is a moral and legal outrage. The issue should be front and center in any debate about abortions, barbaric, about America's barbaric abortion industry. So we began uncovering this material actually in February of 2020 where we found receipts for these organs, credit card receipts. And then just earlier this year, actually it was just last month, we uncovered that 
uh, University of Pittsburgh was uh, was uh, was being designated and funded to the tune of three million dollars by the NIH and FDA, et cetera, Fauci's operation too, as a one-stop field organ chop shop. I mean, from abortion to research, all within one location. Talking about having a buzzsaw on location. That was one of the documents, what they showed. This is just a nightmare. I keep on telling, I, I told you before, and I'll say it again. I've been doing this work at Judicial Watch for nearly a quarter decade. And this set of documents related to fetal tissue research and the use of fetal organs for research and the way they treat and desecrate these bodies. It's the worst material I've ever read in my life as it relates relates to Judicial Watch's work in terms of government documents. And the Biden administration is turned this bigot back on according to reports. The Trump administration, to its credit, shut it down in 2018. And I was just talking to a reporter earlier, and uh, the FDA was defending the research for vaccines. So the Biden FDA is defending this research because of vaccines. So put that in your pipe and smoke it when it comes to debates on vaccines and such. You have the Biden FDA defending it. This is what they want to be able to use it for. And I, and I saw that last year when COVID emerged, that the gang that was involved in this research was trying to get it going again using COVID as a pretext. And sure enough, the Biden administration is coming right along, given with their pro-abortion fanaticism. So this is awful stuff. And um, I'm not quite sure if we're getting more material here, but this is something you need to be talking about with your elected representatives. Uh, and it's something that's gotten a lot of attention. You know, this is, you know, it's, I know here in D.C. it's considered a side issue, you know, because D.C. hates abortion. They hate dealing with abortion. Uh, but uh, I know regular Americans are very concerned about it. And I know the grassroots is concerned about it. And I know it's a big issue for just normal people who follow politics because, I mean, there's a lot of noise that happens in our nation's public policy discussions. But what gets people attention is, wait, they're using baby parts to fund you do research on humanized mice? It sounds like Frankenstein. Yeah, it does. And we have confirmation from the Biden administration that this research is useful for vaccines. Well, I don't know about you but that's not appropriate. A, I don't even think it's true in the sense that it's necessary for vaccines, but it's certainly not morally appropriate. In fact, it's barbarism. So, I hate... It's hard to switch off a topic like that, but I'm going to move on. Uh, We were in Dover, Delaware. Dover is the capital of Delaware. And uh, the Delaware Supreme Court was hearing a challenge by Judicial Watch and the Daily Caller News Foundation 
um, a challenge trying to uh, vindicate the people's right to know under uh, the Delaware uh, State Open Records Law. Uh, we wanted access to the Biden senatorial records that he gave to the University of Delaware. But now the American people can't see one of those documents. And the initial deal, which we still can't see either, was that he they would be released a few years after he left public service. But then, of course, he ran for president. So they used that as an excuse not to turn any of the documents over. Tara Reid, who accused the president of uh, sexual assault back when he was a senator, suggested that maybe her complaints are in those records. Who knows what else is in those records? You know, Biden talks about his calls to Putin when he was a senator. Well, wouldn't that be interesting to find out what's in those records? So Joe Biden, with the snap of a uh, snap of his fingers, assuming he's cognitively capable of doing it, uh, could have these records released to Sweden. But he's he's hiding behind the University of Delaware, who is not return, re releasing any of the records. And the fight legally is over whether government documents, excuse me, government money, state money is being used to house these records and whether that means that they should be released, which is important. And secondly, though, you know, one thing we're asking about, what about the deal that Biden made with the government here or the University of Delaware? Why can't we even get records about the deal? And they don't want to turn those records over to us, too. Uh, so those records over to us, too. So this is a this is not only a cover up of the records, but it's a cover up of, a, of the cover up of the records. So uh, our lawyers, uh, we had a Delaware team in Delaware um, argue for Judicial Watch, which filed the lawsuit and our co-plaintiff. Uh, Daily Caller News Foundation before the Delaware Supreme Court. It's available online, so I encourage you to watch it. And it seemed to me, and it's always hard to tell through oral argument uh, where where the courts are going to go, but sometimes you get a feel for it. And the judges seemed a little bit skeptical that we should take at face value their uh, their assertions that no government money was used to house was essentially thousands of square feet of records. I think 4,000 cubic square feet or something like that. And they're having, they would have us believe there's no money involved there. And uh, they don't want the open records law to be used to get those records. And as importantly, they don't, as I said, they don't want us to find out about this secret deal that he made with the University of Delaware. So we'll see how the court rules. But I mean, this is so, you know, I, I, I'm the president of Judicial Watch, but I and it, I, but I love Judicial Watch not because I'm the president, it's because I'm a citizen. And uh, this is the sort of work that's just so great because no one else is willing to do it. We began this litigation back uh, during the campaign. I think it was in 2019, even maybe even before the campaign. Well, as soon as we found out about the deal. And uh, no one else is interested in doing it. The media is not doing it. He's the president of the United States. We, 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 of course, we want to know about his records as a public official in the Senate. And we're up there doing, as I often say, the heavy lifting all alone. And if Judicial Watch doesn't do it, no one will. Actually, we got a few other groups out there that might do it too. But, you know, even, uh, it, the, practically speaking, no one else is doing it. Certainly not in the measure that Judicial Watch is. So, I mean, we've had Andrew Cuomo, we've had the Me Too movement, 
We have significant and substantial allegations of sexual assault against the president. And there could be answers in the documents up there. And Judicial Watch is the only one demanding access, isn't it? It's incredible, uh, but it's frankly par for the course here in this decrepit city. So uh, pray for the wisdom and discernment for uh, um, that God grants the court wisdom and discernment. And, uh, uh, and, you know, and they follow the law, rule in our favor. So let's hope we get the good result there. So the uh, Pelosi Congress continues to um, investigate one six through a star chamber type proceeding that's controlled by one party. I mean, completely anti-constitutional, anti-rule of law, targeting innocent Americans with uh, requests for their personal uh, phone records and uh, seemingly uh, a, a willingness to even get into their emails and other documents. In the meantime, they are sitting on records, not only Congress, uh, but the D.C. government about what happened on January 6th, and namely the issue of uh, uh, the killing of Ashley Babbitt. Now, Ashley Babbitt was the only homicide victim that day. Uh, she was shot by uh, a police officer who, since it, who has finally come public, despite his name being hidden improperly for eight, seven or eight months by the Congress, uh, the U.S. Capitol Police, and um, all, you know, the rest of the uh, corrupt classes running the city. Uh, she was shot and killed as she climbed through a broken interior window in the United States Capitol. She was unarmed. And she's also a 14, she was a 14-year Air Force veteran. The identity of the shooter was kept secret, as I said, by Congress. And uh, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd went public to try to defend his killing of Babbitt just a few weeks ago. Now, Judicial Watch had sued for the records about her death. Of, uh, we had sued the Office of D.C. Medical Examiner and D.C. Police for records about the death. How did this shooting take place? How did she die? What were the circumstances? They stalled the release of the conclusion of her report, frankly, until we started uh, pushing and pressuring them. So we've gotten records from the Office of Medical Examiner, but we haven't gotten any records from the D.C. police. And what's interesting procedurally is that typically when you sue under the Freedom of Information Act, either at the federal or state level, the agency responds, answers the complaint, and gives a time frame for when they're going to turn over documents. And they've been stalling just answering our complaint. And they asked the court for an additional 30 days which unfortunately the court granted, but we opposed it. What was the language we used? It was really simple. DC has brazenly violated the law on an issue of significant public interest and seeks delay for nothing more than delay's sake. And, you know, we filed this lawsuit when did we file this lawsuit? In May. And it's June, July, August, September, October. They want five months to answer the complaint. That's absurd. But that's DC. And uh, so if you're an American citizen killed by a police officer 
in a situation in which you were obviously unarmed. It looked to me like she was obviously unarmed. She didn't, wasn't brandishing an arm, any arms when she was trying to get into that room. You're going to be treated differently. The police are allowed to get away with being secretive without any questioning about how the police officer behaved because it's Trump. She was a supporter of Trump and the rule of law doesn't apply to supporters of Trump. And because we're asking tough questions of the police department, the police department gets a pass on the basic transparency requirements we expect from any other police department, in this case, the DC police department. At least, you know, the, the open records law doesn't apply directly to the US Capitol Police. We've had to sue under the public, the access to public uh, records uh, under the, our common law right to know. And we're being fought by the Pelosi Congress. So as everyone talks about January 6th and, and all this debate, Judicial Watch is the only one who's actually in court seeking information about what went on. We're seeking the videos. We're seeking the documents about the killing of Ashley Babbitt. As I said, we're seeking Pelosi and Millie's secret communications about uh, trying to undermine Trump in a seditious way. Judicial Watch is stepping up on behalf of the American people, to hold Congress accountable, hold the police accountable, that the left pretends they're interested in doing, but it seems only Judicial Watch is doing it honestly, at least in this case, and holding the federal government accountable. And, you know, we only do this with your support. We're only able to do it with your support. So I encourage you to support Judicial Watch. Uh, you, you know, I've given you a pretty good taste of what we do. And if you're not supporting work like this, what sort of work would you be supporting? Now, I know not everyone's able to provide financial support, but I encourage you to do so if you're able to and, and send, get the word out. Get the word out. These documents I'm talking about, share with people, share with the people on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all the rest. Get the word out, educate your fellow citizens about what we found. Well, I'll be here next week, and I hope you'll be here next week for another Judicial Watch update. Thank you. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.